something that I've experienced frequently is what I've seen and felt like tangibly when I was in the presence of someone in a moment that they were really, really close to Christ. It's tangible. And um, again, this is me and um, I don't know. But I've, they radiate a kind of light that I can feel. It's like a light that I can feel. And moments like this, um, when I'm gifted enough to be, just be there, I guess. It's good to be here. Mm. Uh, in moments like this, it feels like, like the room gets a little darker, you know, just by the light that I just feel just coming from them. And the room feels smaller, and there's a denseness to the moment, you know, and it's like, it's like just kind of intoxicating. And I just, I'm just, in one way or another, I'm just kind of fixated. I can't help it. I'm just, just drawn, fixated towards this person. And all of these moments are moments of weakness, brokenness, like helplessness. All these moments, unmistakably. It's when someone uh, has just found total peace with an illness that doesn't seem to have a solution. When someone is just clinging to their faith, clinging with perfect trust in a situation that they don't know how to fix, don't know how to solve, don't know how to get through. When someone just uh, breaks emotionally, you can feel before Jesus. When someone knows there is discovering more and more their unworthiness, and in this they know how close he is to them. Or when someone is showing their vulnerability, when they're just talking about their relationship with God. Or in moments of joy, knowing that just that thankful joy that you know you don't deserve just moments of joy, and always, always in this case, is the presence of someone who's just surrendering all their sinfulness before God in his mercy in those grace spaces in the back of the church, the confessionals. So in these moments, uh, divinity touches humanity. These are moments of transfiguration transfigured in those moments. It's when human frailty, our total frailty, shows God's glory. It's when the gospel, the good news, just comes to life before us, before our eyes. Light shines in the darkness. And this transfiguration of Christ, it's a glimpse. It shows a glimpse of many things. But I felt like in prayer, um, it's a glimpse of the moment, you know, this high, high up on the mountain where Jesus was shown in this way. It's a glimpse of the moment when he was upon his cross, high in the mountain of Calvary Hill. There was no moment when his love and his light didn't shine more brightly than at the climax of his passion, when he was clinging to God with perfect, total, complete trust, when he was uniting all his pain with all of humankind, when he was offering his last breaths in prayer, and he was pleading to God his Father for forgiveness of all those who he chose to die for. The glory of his divinity is shown through the total brokenness of his humanity. And so when Peter, James, and John uh, saw this glimpse of Jesus as the Son of God, they said, it's good to be here. You know, 
But they didn't understand, well, they're, they're Peter, James, and John. They, they were not perfect. They didn't understand the nature of this moment. They didn't understand the nature of the conversation that was taking place with Moses and Elijah. Because we'll never know what was totally said, but I can't think of anything else in that conversation, the nature of that moment, than to talk about why Jesus came to begin with, you know, his mission to totally, fully unite all of humanity to himself, to share in the entire package so we could save it. And they were discussing perhaps the passion that would unfold not long after, the passion that would be required to save all of humanity. And that's why Jesus charges his apostles, heading down the mountain after this moment, he says, tell no one of this, what have you seen, until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Because people need to see, people need to see the Son of Man suffer and die so they can see the Son of God glorified. So thinking of this, Taking this into heart, what can we possibly withhold from Jesus? What do we ever have to hide from Jesus? What can we share with our Lord Jesus? Especially as we're heading on this journey at this point in our lives, you know, sharing, um, moving towards his death with him, journeying with Jesus towards his death and entering into his resurrection. What parts of who we are, what parts of our humanity do we not think of sharing with him? Or what parts of us are we afraid to share with him? You know, is it so often the fears of the freedom that he wants for us? Is it surrendering what we can't control? Is it surrendering what we can control? Is it the uncomfortable uncertainty of the life that's always ahead of us, right now and forever? Is it the hope for the holiness that we want so much and know we can't find? Or do we share our total hopelessness without him? Do we share our total nothingness without him? Because he needs our weakness, um, to be our strength. He needs the more weakness, the more frailty that we surrender to him, the more he can be our strength, give us everything. So may we also surrender our total depths of our sinfulness that he came to save us from and the sinfulness that through his grace he promised greater grace, greater grace through every sin we give him. And also, maybe lastly, at this point in, on March 8th, 2020, may we give him full and total reign over our journey, over Lent. May we surrender um, to let him accomplish what he already has in mind to bring us closer in union with himself as we walk forward. And may we believe that we can experience the transfiguration in our life. May we desire to, to be transfigured every day at the moments that God has in mind so we will know his glory within our weakness. We'll ex let his divinity, the fullness of his divinity, touch the 
humanity within us, so we will know he is God in us and others may see he is God in us. It's good to be here.